Guys, welcome to the Physique Factory podcast. And today I am joined by Nick Broomhead, PT. You like to introduce yourself, Nick. You have been on the podcast before, so just a short. I have been, I have been on, um, but it was cut short because um, we didn't use a uh, subscribed Zoom and uh, the time ran out. Yeah. But yeah, I'm an online coach and I've been PT for nearly six years. Competitive bodybuilder, been competing since 2016. Yeah, so Nick is the experience, <laughs> the old man of the podcast. Well, I've been, I've been, tra- I might not look it, but you know, I've been training <laughs> twenty years. You know, when I messaged you on WhatsApp, there, I seen your website, and I actually went onto your website and I seen your like picture on there. I was like, wow, it looks young, it looks about twenty-one. <laughs> well, I think, well, that I think that was like from twenty nineteen prep. Yeah, you must have been prepping. Yeah, he's that certainly looks yeah, younger. Yeah, like. You guys might notice James isn't here today. James is uh, otherwise engaged. We'll maybe talk about that in the next one when he's here, if he wants to. <laughs> I'll leave that <laughs> up to him. I'm not grass him in. Um, but yeah, he's he's not here today. So it's just me and Nick. And um, we're basically just here to chat. chat but Nick brought up something on Instagram during the week. Nick likes to be controversial. And he brought up something I thought that would be perfect to start the conversation off with today. And basically, Nick just said, Dorian Yates, great bodybuilder, shit coach. I'll let you explain that. that. That was pretty much what I said, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, like, it, you know, going back to a post that I made recently, Dorian found a way to do things that suited him and his physique and, you know, even his mindset, everything else, and it fucking worked. He was the best bodybuilder in the world for six years, but it also had detrimental effects in the point the fact that he tore lots of muscles because of the way he trained. What Dorian's trying to do now is sell his experience and knowledge from his own experience and knowledge and then apply that to others, but it doesn't necessarily roll over. Um, and some of the stuff that he's doing, some of the stuff that he's teaching, he's posting about, it's just if you if you if you simply break it down, it just makes no logical sense a lot of it. And it's just a lot of bollocks. So he's he's trying to say that he was the hardest trainer ever. But then you see a lot of the way that a lot of people train now when they're training with high intensity. And everyone trains like Dorian trains. I know loads of people that can train like that and push themselves to failure or beyond. It's not, it's not something that's unknown now, whereas then it was. But simple things, it was it, the, the thing was really sparked by his um cues for a dumbbell shoulder press. So, you know, again, I've done a video about this on my Instagram. The dumbbell shoulder press, the, really, you know, you want to keep your forearm vertical so that there's no moment arm to the elbow. Because yeah, as soon as you want to be stacked, don't you? Yeah, so it's like the dumbbells on top of your wrist, it's just coming straight down, straight into there, and then it's just that and coming over and in. How Dorian was teaching it is basically to come in like that. So gravity is here. We end that's up like, creating a massive moment arm to the elbow, creating torque there. It's going to fuck your elbows up. Because what's stopping your hand going there, this way? Your tricep. So it's not really your shoulder because your arm should be there and coming across. Hopefully so it's like, to people it's like, like the difference between, it's the difference between that and this is, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. It's like, what? When you break it down and look at it there, simply, it's utter bollocks that he's talking yeah. But, for whatever reason, but you know, I used to, I used to do shoulder presses like that. I used to think that coming in across like this, and because if you go straight up, it's, it's your tricep. That's yeah. the way I used to look at it. But it's not because you've come across, so the tricep is only really extending yeah. through that tiny portion at the top, 
because it's the shoulder that's pulling the humerus across the body. But yeah, that's that's where knowing a little bit of basic anatomy comes in um, pretty handy. But I think the big thing is like we can't like you, you could definitely learn a lot from Dorian in terms of intensity and things like that. But to yeah, think yeah. just because something worked for him as an athlete doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone else. I suppose that's a big takeaway there. And it's like that usual thing where you go in the gym when you're inexperienced and you're like, right, there's the biggest guy in the gym. This guy must know the most about training. When in reality, the people that know the most about oh, training. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not always the biggest guys, are they? They've, they've applied themselves to the knowledge side of things, and no. that means that probably the physique side of things is actually taking a generally, generally, the biggest guy either has the best genetics or he's taking the most drugs. Yeah. Or, or both. Or both. Yeah. That's, that's a good combo. Why that's yeah. a combo that you want, the best genetics and then the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, exactly. yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be taken from that. I mean, you look at the way a lot of like IFBB pro bodybuilders train, and you know, for the average person, it's just not going to be it's not going to be optimal for them, and it's probably going to fuck them up a little bit. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Training's this individual experience, and you know, fair play to Dorian who definitely found the best individual experience for him and found a formula that worked. But again, yeah, you can't just you can't just rinse and repeat and just apply that to everyone, unfortunately. But did he? But did he? <laughs> but even Dorian, even Dorian admits now, if he'd had if he'd had periods of almost like deloads or periods of a little bit lighter intensity, higher volume, he probably wouldn't have torn the muscles that he tore. He um he came out relatively unscathed compared to like a Coleman, though. To be fair. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, he still tore what he tear a bicep or two bicep, 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 bicep. bicep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's part and parcel, isn't it? Like, even, I suppose even if you are training optimally of high intensity, I suppose at some point something might go for a long time. Mate, I'm falling to pieces. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But, but then, but then the other thing, the other argument to that is, would I be in so much? Would I have so many niggles now? Obviously, I train in a certain way now. It's there's a lot of intent there when I train. I'm thinking about I'm, I'm going off like feel feeling things out. You know, is this painful? How can I adjust the joint position to allow this to be less painful, etc.? Or to allow for you know like how can I feel this more in the muscle? Now, have I got so many niggles now? Would I have so many niggles now if I've been doing this all the way through? How did you train the that? Well, when you're young. Do you, you know, you first off you start training like a dickhead, and all you want to do is bench press. And well, well it's just back in the nineteen thirties, like when you started. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, it was kind of like training like that, but not without you know a lot of moving weight rather than thinking about what's actually moving weight and focus on heavier, 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 heavier. Whereas now I'm the strongest I've ever been, but still able, I'm controlling the weight a lot more. Whereas I didn't have that control in the past. Because I think when you're younger, you recover quicker and more and differently, and you also don't feel those niggles because they're not there. You haven't developed imbalances or little tears here and there, or like joint inflammation or something like that, tendonitis. Whereas when you get older, these things can't start to spring up. Now you could argue the the, the thing of would they have sprung up the same if you've been training properly from the beginning? You'll never know. But You'll never know. Yeah. There's definitely daft things I've done in the past for sure, though. Like when when I think back at the way, you know, I, I maybe trained to begin with. Um, again, like it was more. I wouldn't say anything I done was particularly bad. I mean, definitely I could have done things better, but it was more the mindset of like 
I'll just push for it. Like, I know my upper back was a wee bit fucked today, and I, I sometimes have issues with that when it comes to, like, deadlifting and things like that. My upper back can kind of go. And now I've got the sense to say, right, I know it doesn't feel right today. I know I've not, like... Yeah, so, so there's that as well, isn't it? It's like you're, you're, you're aware of that internal, that internal, like, kind of stimulus and the, the muscle and the body and how it feels there's a lot more awareness going on of things and pains and niggles and feelings whereas in the past you didn't have that connection that you do now or you just simply ignored it yeah simply whereas ignored now it. yeah the, the older you, the older you get you know it's frustrating you know you might go through and you think oh fuck it i'll just train through it you can do that when you're young and you did do it i did it but as you get older, especially as you get to 30 or older, then you start to be like, oh, this does not feel right today. This is not, you know, you might look at, you might have a logbook, you might look at the numbers you previously and think, this is just not a good idea. You know, live to fight another day and just leave it, walk away from it. Yeah. And if, if you can nail your training, you can actually train in a way that's going to cause as little kind of disruption to your joints and ligaments and things like that as possible you're going to get more longevity. So it's like finding that balance of like intensity. Yes, we need intensity. We can't train without intensity. Well, we can't make good results without intensity, but, um, you know, but also not fucking yourself up in the process. Exactly. And then, you, you know, even like to, you, you look at exercises and sit something as simple as, you know, reverse band and hack squat. People look at that and almost think, oh, you, you, you make it lighter, you, you know, do it properly. And it's like, look, I want to be able to do this in 10, 15, 20 years' time. To be able to do that then, then I need to do it like this now because this is where the issues start to come from. And then in 10 years' time, you can't do anything about them because it's too far gone. So you have to start to be aware now when you're slightly younger and start to make way and kind of like prevent these things from even occurring. Because once it's happened, once you once things are starting to be out of place and you might have had years and years and years of developing muscles around an issue which means that everything's not as it should be in terms of positioning wise or whatever you know tightness weakness um, well possible compensations as well if we've got yeah com- compensation your posture starts to change for you to then try and change that back it's near near impossible you know me just sat here now I've just finished training Paul I've got 10 minutes in here it's just it's just niggling me. My shoulder here at the back is just like fuzzing away from an injury that happened two, three years ago, where I think I tore something in my shoulder. And it's like these things are never gonna go away. I yeah. can do what I can to try and work around them and play it safe and select exercises that don't cause any more issues, but still those problems are there. If I'd been smarter when I was younger, those problems probably wouldn't be there. Yeah. So, I, I mean hindsight is a wonderful thing, but it's definitely less likely that they would have been there had your training been a bit more, as you say, smarter when you're younger. Yeah. And it's not going to take away from any intensity. I think that's people's worry, like, or a lot of the more kind of hardcore crew, if you want to call them that, you know, the old school kind of guys. I think that's their worry. It's like, are they just like trying to make this easier? And it's, you know, reverse banding on a hack squat, in my opinion, it, it, okay, it makes a weight you can use more, but that doesn't make it easier. You then use more weight, and you get you work to the same yeah. level of intensity. It's, yeah, if you if you it's not it's not a case of making it easier. You're still taking the muscle to failure. Yeah, yeah, or pushing really hard towards it. Now, here's if, something. Just before you, sorry, to interrupt you, but here's something. 
reverse ban the hack squat. I'm more comfortable to go to failure. You know, when I come to Metcon and we use a reverse hack squat, I usually end up at the bottom of it. And it's like you feel more comfortable so, pushing towards so if, so if the if the limiting factor is joint forces and and you're starting to feel issues or pain in the joints, and that's then preventing you to take that muscle to failure, but you're too hardcore to put a fucking band on it, then what's the point? You're feeling way more pain in your knees. That's limiting you from actually reaching the muscle's like potential. So you're actually making it easier by not banding it and you know falling short of what you could actually do. Whereas if you banded it, you have the ability to take that muscle as far as it can go. Yeah. The 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 ironic thing is the same people seem to be quite happy to put a knee wrap on or a set of knee wraps. Yeah. <laughs> you could argue that's making it easier too. But um, you know, I would personally I would Try, the first thing I would try before I use any knee wraps or anything like that or any like joint support is actually just slowing your reps down. I think that's probably then, you know the people the people that are using wraps they've got knee pain. They're using wraps to stop the knees from hurting. Why are the knees hurting? Because they've yeah. been doing that with with no band on. <laughs> well, maybe not necessarily because of that, but definitely like that is something that could yeah, help. it's not making it any worse. It's not making it any better. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, and sticking with the whole band in the hack squat thing, like, what that's going to do is it's going to slow down that momentum as you're coming down. And, like, you can imagine if if you just drop down the hack squat or if you just, like, a leg press drop down you, that thing's moving at speed. And then you've got to come up with so much more force at the bottom to actually stop that. And then, obviously, the joints are going to be the ones that are taking that. And if you continue to, like, do that with momentum and go through it fast, your knees are taking a fucking battering on that hack squat. Exactly. Something like that band, that can just slow that down, slow down that momentum and therefore just make it a lot nicer on the joints. It feels a lot smoother. I know personally I have no knee issues at all um, and hopefully it continues that way but it still feels smoother, still feels like I can push further at failure. Um, you could argue um, you know, like top banding it but then you're not getting that same slowing down of the momentum so I, I do quite like a reverse band on that to be fair. Yeah, um, I agree. Definitely. It's, like, it's almost like, it's like a dead stop versus kind of like a controlled deceleration yeah and the controlled deceleration is a lot more joint friendly in my opinion yeah yeah and probably that's like top banding versus the bottom band, bottom band yeah but it's probably um again you're you're going to work that muscle closer to failure so again with we've went <laughs> we went on a tangent of the reverse banded hack squat here but if you can like the limiting factor in a normal hack squat is probably going to be your um, strength at the bottom of a rep when your quads are in like kind of they're never going to get fully lengthened there but they're going to be pretty lengthened at the bottom um, and the quads are going to be weaker there so you're going to be more likely to fail at the bottom anyone that's failed in a hack squat is usually where you're going to fail but then when we introduce that reverse band we can take some weight away from the bottom you'll find you can just like grind a rep out a bit easier and just keep pushing up yeah keep pushing up and get more of a consistent kind of um, resistance and then therefore you're pushing closer to failure you know <laughs> Failure is one of those things as well, though. Like, I mean, what do you consider failure? Is it failure in the lengthened range? Is it failure in the mid-range? And I think we can get closer to, like, full muscular failure, whatever that may mean, with something like that and with these kind of methods. And, uh, yeah, I've, I think with the, the whole people being against it, people just don't like what they don't understand. <laughs> exactly. There's definitely, a lot, there's definitely a name for that where when people don't understand it, they just, like, belittle it, just you know, fob it off as bullshit when it's simple and you just don't understand it. Yeah. 
I don't know what I don't know. There's definitely a name for it, but I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know it either. I'll get my dictionary out. But um, on the flip side, I suppose there is people that use all these things and then they don't train hard and they give that kind of yeah. stuff a bad name. Yeah, so so then yeah, exactly. So it gives it a bad name because then people use they don't train hard or they then use it as an excuse to lift some ridiculous weight and it's just kind of like the band's doing all the work. Yeah. I think on the on the flip side of that too, like I think there's something pretty cool about pulling a big deadlift or, you know, bench and things like that. There is something pretty cool about that and something that, you know, feels a bit more hardcore almost, if you want to call it that. But again, it's all relative to, to your failure and there's like your, how intense you're training and how close to failure you're training, I suppose. And uh, at the end of the day, there's no reason you can't do both. And I think people are falling into one or two camps now and it's like, you know, they feel like they've got to do one or the other. But personally, I do a bit of it. I then yeah. I quite like deadlifting. I quite like doing, you know, cuffed lateral raises. I quite like doing bench. I don't really like squatting. I won't admit, I won't admit that. I absolutely hate squatting. <laughs> hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. My hips just do not like squatting. I think it's like so far away from doing it. I did it a little bit over lockdown because I had to. Uh, but other than that, I've not squatted for years. I don't think my structure's built for it. I've got too many limit limiters on, yeah. the, on the body and, you know, it's my posture in general. And it's just, it's just not a good movement for me. A lot of people that say something like the squat is the best exercise for building your quads are actually people that are built really well for squatting. Exactly. <laughs> These people exactly. hold up like a Chinese menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Chinese weightlifters, bam, straight down. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, that seems to be the case. Like, oh, yeah, squats to build your legs. It's like, yeah, maybe squats to build your legs. Maybe not squats to build my Yeah, legs. but the, the, thing is, the thing is, go into a commercial gym, Look at every guy in there. Go into that same commercial gym a year later and see if any legs grow. And I can guarantee you, there's about 99% of them they have them. Because all they do is they go in, they do leg extensions, they do hamstring curls, and they do squats. Maybe a bit of deadlift, but they don't train it as, to, as close to failure as they should. And they're all obsessed with doing squats, 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 deadlift and bench. And I can guarantee none of them grow muscle because most of them can't be doing squats or squats aren't the right exercise for them and their structure to build quads. Yeah. And then again, on the flip side, there definitely is people that the, the squat is a, a great quad builder for them. But um, yeah, generally speaking, I'd say like in a lot of my clients, actually, that it's always going to be a bit more hip dominant for, for a lot of my yeah. clients. And you can obviously manipulate that. And that's where obviously, again, knowing that exercise mechanics comes in handy, you can manipulate that to get what you want out of it. But um, what was the most you ever squatted, Nick, anyway? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> he knows it's I just think I, did, I think I'm doing like, I'm doing like safety bar squats with maybe three plates in lockdown for like 12, 12 reps. It's heavy, that. I find it harder as well, to be honest. Yeah, it's really heavy. And then yeah, I think they're usually a bit heavier, like the actual bar themselves. My safety squat bar was 21 kilos. All right, yeah, something like 25 or, or 30 even. I don't know I how. I don't know how all the extra steel in it <laughs> made it only one kilo heavier, but it was. <laughs> um, I've like I've squatted fairly heavy for like, uh, like bear in mind, I'm quite a small guy don't like saying that but you know i'm only like 77 kilos at the minute squatted um 190 i've never quite done 200 i've, I've tried it a couple of times and missed See, that's like that's like me with deadlift most of ever deadlift is 190 for four or five but i cannot i could never move 200 off the floor oh nick i'm out doing you in the mall i've done uh, i've done 240 for two on the deadlift See, I kind of like rdl out of a rack is see is what i did last when i, I bulls dissing my back yeah 
low and I've never done it for years since. So it's not worth it for me. Not worth the risk. So, like now, if I the most I've done out of a rack with a, like four plates. You do RDLs, mate. Well, what's that? You do RDLs like in a minute. Yeah, yeah, RDLs. Yeah. So what are you doing on that? And then I've not I've not RDLs for ages since before I had a holiday. Uh, I've just done it today, actually. RDLs for like, a Get that booty belt. Yeah, yeah I, took, I took them out because I couldn't be asked. It just one of the things where you come to it and you're like, ugh. And then sometimes with an RDL, it's a funny exercise. Sometimes, one week, you'll come in and I'll do four plates easy for 10. Next week, I'll come in and I'll struggle to do three plates for 10. It's like, what? What's really? different? Like, yeah, I like that with RDLs. I've always been like that. Yeah, I, I would say something like a hip hinge, though. I, I think some sort of hip hinge in the program has got to be essential. I mean, again, depends on who we're talking about, but yeah. for bodybuilding purposes, I think, you know, for building your posterior chain, I think getting some sort of heavy hip hinge in there, I think there definitely is benefits to that for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, like see, even the whole deadlift thing, see, I think I'm built quite well for deadlifting and that's why I, I like them so much. So like you, you've got to watch this when it comes to clients. It's like, Am I being that guy that's like I'm built well for this exercise? So you're you're doing it. This is this is the best back builder because I'm good for it. But certainly for me, it has um has been a good exercise for 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 that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, going back to the whole squat kind of thing, and uh, maybe think, you know, we, we started this conversation talking about like Dorian Yates, and just because you know he was this great bodybuilder doesn't make him a great coach. Well, have you ever seen the the Tom Platts videos where he's on like the leg extensions and things like that? Some of the crazy shit he's doing. Oh, where it's like, uh, it's, <laughs> like it's like he's in the exorcist or something. The way that he's performing them is absolutely shocking. Yeah, it's intense and yeah, he's going to failure, but it's like if 99% of normal people got on that and trained like he trained, their knees would be absolutely annihilated. And then, again, this is what I mean. Yeah, he has developed a bit of the ability to just push and push and push and push and push. But when you're just pushing for pushing's sake and you're not actually using the muscles that you're trying to use, he's just genetically gifted in the fact that he got away with it and came out to, you know, to, to, to talk about it. Most people... If they train like that, we'll just have knees that were just like broken glass and they'd have to get knee replacements. <laughs> the thing is, it's uh, if you've not watched it, just look up Tom Tom Platt's leg extension. I'm sure you'll find it on YouTube. And, uh, it's absolutely crazy. Like, absolutely crazy. The guy looks like he's, uh, as I say, having like, some sort of exorcism or something. He's just like floating about all over the place. And uh, like he's got, Tom Platt's has got like some of the best quads there's ever been. But <laughs> again, it doesn't mean you're going to go copy the way he does a leg extension. And it doesn't take, you know, someone that knows much about training to see that what he's doing is a bit crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, imagine seeing someone like replicating that in the gym. I mean, sometimes you do see shit like that in the gym. But I suppose a lot of people, general people would see that and just be like, wow, he's just going and going and going and going and going. Yeah. Not really. It's like, that looks really, really hard. You know, it's not when people come and do, do like, boot camps and they just go and go and go and push themselves and they expect that hard training is leaving in a pool of sweat. That's almost like Tom, what Tom Platt's implying that bodybuilding should be like, you should yeah. just push yourself until you know, you, you're pretty much dying. But that's, and, and totally disregarding how you move that weight, just keep it moving, just keep moving, just keep moving. Yeah. The big thing for a lot of like, um, like well, the kind of clients that yourself and I will actually get, like, you know, if they were to train even as hard as that, a lot of people might have high blood pressure, not being the best of health, you know, overweight, things like that. And pushing people yeah. to that intent as well, you know, that could be pretty dangerous for their, for their health. I mean, um, 
there's a thing when um, when you do like the the videos for RTS, Tom Purvis goes on about um, rhabdomyolysis, which is like, um, was it kidney failure? Yeah, and like this rab, rab, rhabdo is more like when the muscles become so damaged that they just start to completely break down. Yeah, and that that can cause kidney failure. So this woman had yeah. kidney failure from like being trained too hard in the gym. And don't get me wrong, like she was so out of shape and not in not in a position to do the workout that this guy had put her through. But yeah, I mean it's there must have been there must have been other things going on with that. Like she was probably if she was so out of shape, I, I very I highly doubt that she was drinking anywhere near enough fluid yeah. as well. And it's the, the reason that the kidneys probably failed was because there was so much um, metabolic waste and you know protein breakdown um, and there was no fluid there to clear it through probably yeah yeah i mean it, it just it's one of those things it's like even again exercise comes down to being independent and uh yeah just because you see someone doing something doesn't mean it's necessarily the best thing for you and uh, unless yeah. i'm doing it <laughs> but um there was something else i was going to mention there i forgot what it was and um, so what day are we on now it's about to be like what two or three weeks before uh, PCA Manchester, is it? Yeah, just what? one sec, mate. Let me just close this door. Someone's banging outside. Let's yeah, so it can only be a few weeks till till the the show. Um, obviously James is meant to be entering that one, so um, hopefully we'll see him on stage there. But uh, is there anyone else that you're excited to see in that show, Nick? I know you're a, an avid fan. Um, who else is doing that? Oh, uh, my little brother's doing it. Um, see if he can actually come in shape this time <laughs> uh, it will be how many shows has he done one two three four five six seven this may be his eighth show ninth show see if he actually comes in shape yeah what he normally good. does yeah what he normally does is he always coaches himself and he always ends up pushing himself so hard and just kills himself off and ends up looking like a bag of shit on stage. This time, he's finally decided to get himself a coach, so hopefully they'll be able to rein him in a little bit. But that's not stop, stopped him from going to Ibiza two or three weeks ago and going to several um, festivals whilst on prep. Yeah, uh, well, no, he, does, he looks well. He looks like he's on point, so we'll see. Um, who what else is doing it? He's doing... Um, Open bodybuilding tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he's got second. He's got second at Manchester before in 2019. We both entered classic. He's six three, six two, and he had 30 kilos on me. And they just said, "Look, you're in the wrong." He, they let him compete in it, and I beat him because he was in the wrong class. And then they moved up to bodybuilding, and he got second in that. So yeah, you just had to get that. Out there, like, you beat him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, no, he did. He did look good, but he was just in the wrong class, so that's why I beat him because he wasn't yeah. in classic. Um, so yeah, so we'll see him. Um, James is doing it. Um, I'm not sure else is doing it. That I, can I, think I don't of. actually keep up with that side of bodybuilding, like even with natural bodybuilding. I, I'm, I know a few, but I'm not. I'm not amazing with like keeping up with that kind of thing. It's definitely something I could be better with. But you know, what? it's like when you compete yourself. The years you're competing, you're a bit more. Into it, yeah, yeah, you, you're more, you're more interested in what's going on. The, the BMF um, shows on the same day, I think, as the PCA one, or the same. It is, day. it is, and there's a there's a client that has decided that he's going to do it. Um, I've only recently started helping him, and he's kind of like done a bit of a transformation, got in shape, and then he's like decided to jump into that. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm like, like, right, okay, 
so he's coming down to see me tomorrow and then we can go over some posing, train together and then just see where he's at because um, he wants to jump into the bodybuilding class and I just don't know whether he's big enough or lean enough to do that, whether there's enough time to actually like get ready for that. Was that uh, the PTA or, or BMBF? That's a BMBF. Right, yeah. But BMBF... So it's, unfor- it's unfortunate as well. It's on the same day, so I can't even go down. Yeah. It'll be his first show. Um, like if I'm, if you know, obviously I can't go down because James, it's not just James, it's James and my brother. So I can't yeah. just not go to PCA Manchester. Yeah. Uh, um, you, um, you've got the novice class with the BMBF that you could, uh, you could enter into. Um, that'd probably be the best place to start. But uh, there's no real men's physique or anything like that. Although they have been doing something this year. Um, I forget what they called it, like men's athletic sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's mostly a, a kind of bodybuilder <laughs> federation. So uh, you'd be looking at yeah. probably like novice. But, um, you know, Novices are probably a good place to start, but you do definitely see some strong novice classes nowadays as well. Like uh, the, the guy that won the overall at the Scottish, he was uh, he was a novice and a chunky guy, chunky, chunky guy. Um, right. I'd say that at the Natty shows or the BNBF ones anyway that I've kept up with, um, they've been pretty strong this year um, in terms of like some of the competitors. There's been some pretty strong classes out there, which is cool. Um, and the British finals as well, I think is uh, it's building up to be something so obviously like most people know Keefe Keefe's going to be doing that Keefe's obviously probably one of the more popular uh, natural bodybuilders out there um, you've got Dave Kay who trains at the Body Academy you know he's forgive me if I get this wrong Dave but I want to say four time world champ pro world champ so Dave's good um, you've got um, apparently I've heard that maybe Nathan Williams is in I'm, I can't obviously confirm that but um, I've heard that he might be in he's uh, he's one again one of the best natural bodybuilders in the world Um and you know, just a few others. It's 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 sounding like the the pro show at the British finals is going to be something special. So uh, yeah, it's um it's it's all good for a uh, natural bodybuilding this year for sure. Anyway, I know that should have yeah. should have been done myself. So what? So when when are you going to next compete then? I don't know. I don't know. I always train with that in mind. I've always got like the end goals to get back on stage and like I've got you know five or six trophies upstairs and they're all mostly seconds, thirds, and one fourth. And it's like, I need to get that first place trophy. It's like, yeah. things. I mean, I've been so close on a couple of occasions, but yeah, I need to get, need to get at least one. I'd like to like win my class at the Scottish or something like that, you know, my local show or something like that. And I'd be pretty happy with that. I know I'm not in the genetic elite when it comes to bodybuilding. I know my, my shoulders are too narrow and there's fuck all I can do about my bone structure. So just try and pack as much muscle on there as possible. But uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to compete again. Just when is a good question, but. I'm, I'm still young, Nick. I'm only 27, so I've uh, got a few years ahead of me yet. A few, few pounds of muscle to add. What about yourself? You well, I didn't, even start, I didn't even start competing until I was 30, so... There you go. And you're priming your 30s for bodybuilding. Yeah, but I look like absolute shit. <laughs> um, well, when good. am I going to compete? Am I going to compete ever again? I don't know. Um, I kind of fell out of love with it. I don't know whether it's kind of social media, bullshit, industry-driven... Um, it's all smoke and mirrors and fakeness, and, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff that I'm not it's kind of like put me off it a lot. Um, but you know, the plan was always to finish to do shows early 2023, and then my last shows will be end of 2025, and then I'll be done with bodybuilding. So, that over 50s masters, Nick, yeah. Ha, ha. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'll be thirty. I'll be thirty nine in twenty twenty five. Yeah. So I just think like that's time to kind of hang up the trunks. But 
we'll see. I may do next year, but I've just, you know, I dieted a little bit to go on holiday and I've kind of stayed in relatively good shape. I'm not too asked about pushing body weight high, but then it's like, am I going to then make enough improvements on the calories that I'm on to be able to be more competitive on stage next time? Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so, it. I'm not going to know that until I get on stage. And then it's yeah, like, there's no way of knowing you're better until you test yourself. That's the thing. No. That's so, I mean, I, I look, I look better at this weight now uh, than I have in the past, but I don't know. It's kind of like, do I want to compete again? It's all right getting lean for a, a holiday diet in yeah. 30 days. It's not hard, but, you know, to continue that and keep going and getting leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner. You have to, I think you have to have everything in place in terms of the environment, yeah. you know, whether I mean, you're renovating been, a house right now is probably not the best. Yeah, that's, so, so that's, put, that's put me off this year. It's like time-wise, energy-wise, money-wise, it's just not, not the right time. Yeah. Will I be in the house and be at a stage where the time, energy, and money will be right to start dieting in December? I have no idea. Um, maybe I won't. And it's like, if I'm not and they've got other priorities, then um, it is what it is. I just won't compete. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. that's a nice way to wrap it up Nick uh, leaving it with a, a bit of suspense will Nick be in next year will Connor ever make it back to stage <laughs> the excitement so um, Nick the last time and something I'm really bad bad at when people come on this is where can people find you if anyone listens to this and they're like I want more of the Nick Broom show where can they um, my Instagram is at Nick Broom underscore coaching um, and that's that's the main one really I'm on Facebook but I don't ever use it um, and then uh, I haven't really used YouTube or anything like that. Put next number yeah, like I, in, in the, the show notes. <laughs> like send them your abuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, we'll wrap it up with that then, Nick. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for uh, filling in for James since he's not here today. Um, and thanks again to everyone that's tuned into the show.